Welcome to Girl, Water Your Grass. We talk about all the things to better yourself, your family, your career, your dreams, your goals, and your life, and how God's dreams over us are so much bigger than our own. We are just two girlfriends who grew up in the bluegrass state of Kentucky with five brothers each and have reunited to take our dreams to the next level. Now we're inviting you to get out of your own way, girlfriend, and come on this ride because on this journey of a lifetime, we never arrive. Welcome back to Girl Water Your Grass. We are super excited to have an amazing woman with us here today. So, Miss Sarah News, welcome to the podcast. Yes. Thank you. Welcome, Sarah. And for those of you who don't know, so Sarah is a friend of mine. I taught her kiddos swimming lessons, and some of my brothers taught her kids swimming lessons <laughs> back in the day. And she is she's just incredible. She's an author. She's a podcaster. She's a speaker. She's a business builder. She's a heart for women, and especially for balancing family and business successful, which those of us ladies out there know that that can be a fun challenge. <laughs> so we're so excited to have you and just, you know, you, I was sharing a little bit before the show, before the show, just some of the gems that I remember us talking about that have really been transformative for me. And I've really, I can't wait to dig life. into those because yes. they are good. So we won't get off of here without nope. sharing those with you. all. Yes. But let's start with, the, tell us a little bit about you. Who is Sarah news? Oh, well, First, thank you for having me. I just, it's just an honor. Um, So I'm a wife and mother of three awesome kids, Lucy, Lola, and Hank. Um, I also own an international dance company called Tippy Toes, where we go into preschools and daycare centers and teach dance in the U.S. and China, which is so fun. Just blows my mind. That's a God thing because um, he just did it all, which makes it all great. Um, I have just released last year, a book called destined for greatness. Mm. I'm working on my second book, which is so fun and in the weeds right now, which is the best worst place to be. Um, and I speak quite a bit to really entrepreneurs, women, um, church groups. And it's really, that's what has my heart the most is Mm. being able to just share my story. So others can see them in this story as well and see that, you know, there's nothing that God can't do in our life to make, you know, us just do more and reach more people and impact the world in such a positive way. Mm. Tell so us. Good. Yeah. So good. Um, I can't wait to hear what this, what your books are about. And we will definitely link those <laughs> in the show notes. Yes. So it is, it really is inspiring whenever we share our stories of what we're doing and how God's showing up in our lives. Because I think so many times women look to us and think, well, I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And so when we can share our story and so show that it's, it's doable and give like actual, actual examples of how the little steps you take, instead of seeing like, here's where I was 10 years ago, and this is how far I've come. How did you start to take that first step and lead you into having now an international organization, writing books, doing all these things that some woman would look at and be like, I cannot do that. Yeah. How would you, what would you say to that woman that wants to take step out and wants to make a change, but looks at you and says like, gosh, she's so far up here. 
So what would be some advice or first steps that you could recommend? Thing because I too have been that woman that are like, ah, how does she get those speaking events or how does she become a, you know, New York times bestseller, or how does she build a business? And honestly, it's those small daily deposits that equal great success. It's what do we do every single day? Mm. And I think, uh, really comparison just kills any joy or any excitement that's happening. When we start looking like you guys talking about watering your own grass, when we start looking to the left and the right, we get so lost in what God's called us to do. And so Mm. I really believe when I put the blinders up and decided to turn, you know, criticism or comparison into celebration and be like, I want to celebrate these girls Mm. and I'm going to do my own path. And first Corinthians 24 through 27 talks about like running your own race for the prize. Everybody's prize is different. Like my prize might be impacting little kids through dance or speaking to women, but somebody else's prize might look so different for what God called them to do. And so really just those small daily deposits that we can do every day in the area God called us to be in is the most important thing we can do. And then really you look back and you're like, wow, like I, if I wrote down, I want to have an international dance company that would have intimidated me so much, but I just did the next, next best thing every day. And as Mm -hmm. I did that, and even writing my book, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew God called me to do it. And so I just wrote a lot of words and a lot of words got cut out of the book, but then (laughs) I surrounded myself with really great people. I had a really great editor that was like, Sarah, this is a great story, but it doesn't actually make sense. You know, I'm like, okay, then just get rid of it. And so surrounding ourselves with good people and just doing our best every single day, you look back and like, wow, okay, I actually did this thing, you know, um, and not really looking at like where I ended, but just the journey on how to get there. I love that because so many, if, if we knew the full vision, we wouldn't ever take that step. Right. So God is such a so it's better. We he don't. just gives us like one page at a time and just taking that next right step through the daily deposit. But I love your humility too. I can just see so much of that and being like, yeah, my editor, so many people will be discouraged. Like this doesn't make sense. And we shut down, but you have the humility to say, all right, great. Like this just, it's so inspiring because I think so many times when we want to do something, if it doesn't turn out how we want then we end up shutting down or feeling disappointed or like we were a failure. And that, that doesn't actually lead us yeah. to success. Right. And go tell ahead. us, yeah. Tell us a little bit more too. I, you, you speak a lot about balancing balance with business and family. And we have found that you know, that can be such a challenge for women, especially nowadays. You know, there are a lot of women entrepreneurs now and that also have family. And that's one of the reasons that they decided to start their own business or mm-hmm. team up with someone what do you tell women out there who are just struggling where they feel like, oh my gosh, I'm spending too much time on my business and I'm neglecting my family or, oh my gosh, I'm completely just doing everything with my family and I'm neglecting my business. What do you tell them? So it depends on the season because I've been in all seasons where Mm. I had my business before I had kids. And then I had these small children that I'm like, I can't get anything done, but it is, you know, we are the queen multitaskers. And, um, but what I say is when you do that, it has to be the best yeses in your day. And Mm. I'm not one to go out with girlfriends really. Like my time in the evening is with my husband and my kids. Um, I'm a great friend, um, to, to people, but I don't have a huge group of friends. I have a small group of friends that I take really good care of. Um, and I would say 
finding the best yeses in every season, your best yes looks different than the season mm-hmm. before. Um, for example, this year, my, my girls play basketball and the coach, you know, uh, decided not to come back. He's a great, great coach. And mm-hmm. so I offered five different names of people that I thought would be great. And everybody said no. And so my husband, he's famous for doing this, but he submitted my name. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I played basketball in high school. Like I, I'm not a basketball coach and he submitted my name. Mm-hmm. And when they called me, they said, um, you know, would you like this job? And I'm like, surely there's somebody else because I'm looking at my schedule. Like I have a business, I'm writing a book. I'm speaking like, no. And he said, you know, I'm not saying you're the bottom of the barrel. You're not the top. You're actually the only one. Like we need you. And the more the I only one in the barrel. <laughs> yeah, I'm the bottom of the barrel. Um, but the more I thought about it, I thought, what's my best? Yes. One of my biggest goals is to have a close-knit family. And you know, when my girls they've gone off to middle school, and I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you get to know the middle school and the kids? Well, the best way is yes. to be involved. And so yes. every single day, um, from November to just now, I've gotten two hours with my girls and Hank's been our ball boy. So my three kids for two hours every day have no devices, don't have homework. And I'm, I'm so just good. of their friends. And so mm-hmm. while it seemed inconvenient at the time, um, you know, it was right where I needed to be. And it's been the biggest, biggest blessing of my life. Mm-hmm. And so being open and I think making sure that we're available to the to the best yeses. And it was a prayerful decision, but it also made me have to let go of other things, which I think one of the biggest things that we as women do don't let go of things and we keep holding on and then we get so weighted down. It just gets so heavy. Mm -hmm. And then that's when we're feeling depleted and tired and possibly not taking care of our body because we've said yes to our friends. We've said yes Mm -hmm. to PTO, we've said yes to basketball plus our dreams, plus our current job, plus our husband. And then we're like, why do we feel so bad? Well, we never let go and say this season is over of volunteering here. So I can put my time here. So I think being aware of where our yeses go and being okay saying no Mm -hmm. uh, is, is the most important things that I have learned. We just, uh, as as a company, we have our our company West of Perfection and we all have been reading or finished reading essentialism. Mm -hmm. And it really talks about, you know, what is that main focus? What is the main focus that you're like that one thing, your priority. A lot of times we talk about like priorities, Mm -hmm. which doesn't really exist. There's what is, what is the one thing you are really focused on? And, you know, and, and what is, you know, and what are like, what, if it's not a heck yes, it's a no. And, and you can't say heck yes to a million things like that's impossible and do anything well. And so I love what you said with that. of just where you really are choosing. What are the things that are most important that I can go all in on? Mm -hmm. And, you know, cause it sounds like you do such a beautiful job of that balance of yes. Okay. You know, God, so like faith, family, um, you know, friendships within a small space and, you know, as well as your company. And then from that, able to decide what you want to invest in. It's amazing. It really is something in that book that was so interesting that I would love to share with you, you all and our listeners is that until I think it was 1900, the word priorities was singular. Mm-hmm. It, it was never plural. It was, what's your priority? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this, this is so fascinating to me because now we have all these priorities and especially as working moms and having lots of kids, we're juggling all these balls, like you said. And, and eventually there's like, 
who nobody can juggle 25 balls and you drop them all and you just feel like a failure. But it was so interesting because the priority was always God. And then everything else flowed from that. And I'm like, this is so fascinating because we have really lost sight of our priority, which has led us to be, you know, very frustrated in a lot of ways, but it's, it's, so the book essentially by Greg McCallum, we highly recommend it. We've learned so much from that, but if, I love how you're just saying like, it's an intentional yes, right? It's not just a yes, because we can't say no to everything because he does call us into things. So he wants us to say yes to the right things, but really prayerfully discerning that and just inviting him into every yes or no that we have in our life. So, you know, that's, that is our big question. Is it a heck yes? And um, it doesn't mean we don't support that or we don't like that when we say no, it's just that, um, and sometimes when we say yes to the wrong thing, it prohibits the person that was supposed to be there from being there, Right. So like, and I love how you were talking about juggling the balls. I don't know if you guys have heard the illustration of glass balls and rubber balls, Um, but have you heard the glass? Tell 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 our listeners. I love it. The glass balls, and it's from um, the the CEO of Coke. He was talking about this. Your glass Mm -hmm. balls are the things that if they drop and they break, they shatter. So like, you know, um, my relationship with God, my marriage, my kids, my health. Like, if those drop, then everything else shatters. But the rubber balls are the miscellaneous things like a clean house. Like I would love to have a, a house that's perfection and perfectly decorated. But if I don't, that ball bounces right back up. You know, if I don't volunteer for the school festival, like it's probably disappoint some people, but that ball bounces back up. And so we have to, we don't have very many glass balls, but we have to take care of those. And the glass balls have to be attached to our why. And my why is I want to, everybody that I meet, I want them to know Jesus. Like that's my end. Like when I think about my Mm -hmm. day, like, why do I do everything I do? I want people Mm -hmm. to know Jesus. And so like, when I took that basketball job, wow, I had an opportunity for 21 girls to be influenced and to know the love of Jesus every single day. And so that was a, that was a glass ball to me. I'm like, wow, that's really big versus Mm -hmm. working at home, doing something else that wasn't. And so we have to be mindful of what are our glass balls and what are our rubber balls? And we have to know the difference of those two because it makes a huge difference in our life. So that, that's a great and practical application mm-hmm. that you all can do this week. It's just write down what are your glass balls. Yes. And just like your yes to coaching the basketball, like that was involved with your glass balls, right? Like your children yeah. are part of your glass balls. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, and just, you know, that reminds me a lot of Maria. I feel, I say this all the time on the podcast and in life, it's just like what you feel when you meet her is the love and the light of Jesus Christ. And that's as Christians, how we should be. We should be reflecting that, you know, and I can see it in you just radiating and it's, she does. it's such an opportunity <laughs> of just where can we be that and, and where are we not, you know? Mm-hmm. So I love it. What are your glass mm-hmm. balls this week, people? Look at it. So two of the things that we, we were talking about before that we do want to dig into just a little bit. These, I mean, this was how many, gosh, how, how old is Hank now? He's, this was years ago. How how old is he? He's 10 now. Oh my gosh. Eight years ago. Cause we moved here. You guys were the first family we met and actually, um, my very best, best friend in Bowling Green. Yeah. Really just great friend. I met sitting side by side. Our kids were both doing swim lessons and we had both moved to town and we were like, do you want to go to Cheney's dairy barn afterward? And we didn't know each other, but we didn't know anybody else. Like let's be friends. And now she lives uh, two doors down from me <laughs> and our kids are great. Friends. And so your swim was just like the best gift to us. Oh, that is amazing. So for those who don't know us so in my family, we started teaching swimming lessons here 
20 something years ago in, in, in Bowling, in Kentucky. And we just noticed that there was a need for it. And we all had, we did swim team and we, all the things lifeguarding and Anyway, so we, myself and all five of my brothers and my mom, we all taught swimming lessons. Um, and actually my dad did back in the day as well. <laughs> and so we started this um, Spears Fitness and we taught swimming lessons. And so one of the things, and I remember her little boy, Hank, who was just cute as can be, and he, and he came in for his, his lesson and he was so excited. He was like, Miss Maria, Miss Maria, watch this. And he had been working so hard and it was the cutest thing. Cause he was just so excited for me to be proud of him. He's so excited to just get like, for me to be like, yes, that's amazing. You know, just to be pleased. And I, you and I were talking about that afterwards, we're walking back from the pool. And I said, you know, I said, I said, he's so cute. I love how he's just so excited to come in. And you said, yeah, he has been working so hard every day. Cause he's been excited to show Miss Maria, to show Miss Maria this. And you said, you know, you said, what's so interesting is that that desire to please doesn't change for men, even when they grow up. And, mm-hmm. and you had said, you know, at four and five, I find it so cute and so sweet, but for some reason, you know, when my husband does that, I, I don't always find how sweet and precious and wonderful that is. And you're like, I have to re like, remember, no, this is like, that is the heart. That is his heart. Like that is the desire. And that has stuck with me to remember that, you know, when like that it's, it's part of men, you know, it's part of them, their desire to please you. And, and if they don't, you know, that it, it's, it's, it's so disappointing and it's not because they don't want to, or not because they're not trying. And so I would love for you to share a little bit about that because that was so profound for me. And I know that it has actually very much impacted some mm-hmm. of my interactions with, you know, with little guys when I've taught or when I babysat or, you know, and then in, in dating and just so many relationships with men, which can you elaborate a little bit on that? I love that. Yeah. Um, so I am madly in love with my husband. I mean, I feel like I hit the husband jackpot and kind of what we were talking about earlier that, you know, um, some women don't feel that way maybe anymore. Talk, talk that way. And, you know, I think it's learning to love exactly how God created them to be and knowing Mm. that seeing Hank as a miniature Adam and loving those qualities that Hank has and reminding Mm. myself, those are the same qualities Adam had as a young boy, probably. And now he's fostered them. So knowing these qualities that I see in Hank, they will continue to grow and hopefully be a great husband to somebody someday. And so I know as a mom investing in that and making sure that the qualities he has as a little guy, he'll be a husband someday, you know? And so this is the way you're going to treat your wife, but also knowing that like my husband, you know, to be a pleaser. And, um, I think sometimes we look past it. We just go into business mode sometimes with our spouse, like, okay, let's knock this out. Let's do this. You take the kids this way. You take the kids this way and remembering like their inner workings and all the amazing things and the way God created them and knitted them together, you know, that, um, definitely serves us as a family and, um, just seeing that connection is so beautiful too. Mm. One other thing on that. I, I just, I love that. I just think that's absolute gold. Um, one, one other thing that you did that again, just mm-hmm. gems, people listen to this <laughs> was, you know, you were running a Bible study at the time and you were really big on, you know, all these women would come to it 
one of the rules, and I say rules kind of with quotation marks, but it was, you know, as a standard was you were not to criticize, condemn or complain your husband, your boyfriend, whatever, that, that it was an, it was a space of elevating. Mm -hmm. And I would love for you to share a little bit about that because we live in a culture where so many women are tearing down their husbands or their boyfriends or just men in general, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. there's so much condemnation, um, for those that it is just, it's heartbreaking when men bring so much beauty to the table. And so would you share a little bit just about why that was a standard for you, what you've noticed and how you really are intentional with the way that you elevate your husband and your little guy. And, and just in general, the way that you encounter men, cause you, you do bring Jesus to people in such a beautiful way. I witnessed that back then. And I, I still, even just in our interaction today, again, you just, you shine with that. So would you Thank share you. a little bit on that? Yeah, I think for sure for men, but really for anybody, we yeah. can get into a lot of trouble, especially when really even in a Bible study, when you're like I'm coming to, you know, pray or study, and then there can be one bad seed and not necessarily a person, but it can be a comment mm-hmm. that often the devil likes to work in there and say, Hey, let's foster this while you're mm-hmm. fostering this. And then sometimes people believe it's a safe place to talk about my husband, where you can have a safe place, maybe to talk, like, here's some struggles that we're going through. But what I've found in circles with people that um, maybe aren't as mindful of it, it can go down a bad path. And when I was living in Texas, I had the best group of friends, Mm. um, but the friends were spouses. I mean, it was husband and wife, husband and wife, Adam and I were there. When we would go out with friends, I never went out with the girlfriends. It was couples and we all really honored and loved our husbands. And what I saw from that is the fruit of Adam in my marriage was bettered by mm-hmm. watching other people and listening to other people. And so before we moved to Kentucky, I wrote down a list and I actually wrote it in my book, but it talked about what I wanted my new people to be like, cause I knew I was leaving my Texas people and yes. they're still my people, but we weren't doing life with them anymore. But people that would speak life into others, people mm. that saw the best. And when a hundred things went wrong, but they found that one thing that went right. Mm. And I feel like sometimes you can say me and my husband doesn't, you know, put away the laundry. And then it's like, oh, well, my husband never, you know, fills up my gas tank. Well, my husband, he's never even home. And then it just goes down a bad path where it's like, man, God created you guys to be husband and wife. If you're dating and you're going through this and something's not working out, like just break up. It's way Mm -hmm. easier to break up than go through. You're supposed to marry your best friend, the one that, you know, you become one with, with God. And so to support, like I should be, and I am Adam's biggest cheerleader. Like, I don't care what he does. I'm a big fan of it. And I talked about this, about he works now for the Tennessee Titans. And, you know, I hadn't watched an NFL game. I don't know when the last time, but this year I was the Tennessee Titans biggest fan. And it's because I'm Adam Noose's biggest fan. I knew the coaches. Mm. I knew, you know, plays that they were doing. I knew people that were on the injured reserve list. And I'm like, I didn't even know what the injured reserve list was, but I I love Adam and all that stuff mattered to Adam's job and Mm. I'm team Adam. And so I feel like if I can surround myself with people like that, that are crazy wild for their husband. And if I can speak life into that, then it's only going to better my marriage. And my marriage is supposed to be a reflection of Christ. And so when I do that, um, you know, it helps other people see Jesus. So back to my, why, why am I living to share Jesus with other people? So Mm. the best way to do it is through loving my husband. Well, Oh, I love that. And and one thing I talk about a lot with my husband is that 
I believe the greatest gift, Marie and I talk about this all the time, that you can give your children is a beautiful marriage. And like, I love that you take it deeper because it's a reflection of the love of Christ, right? And we reflect the love of the father and the son to our children through our human love and what they see right here. And so it really is. And, you know, I think what you focus on, we know what you focus on expands. And we talk a lot about that here. And you can definitely go down the rabbit hole of like, he left his socks out and then, oh my gosh, now the food is left out. And, and, and when you look for everything that's wrong, you do. And we all are guilty of it. Every, even us that madly love our husbands, right? And we go through seasons of struggle and it's hard, but going through those seasons of struggle and like, you know, when, when your spouse is going through something hard, you're in it with them. Right. And it's, it's not as fun as when you're, you're at the top of the mountain, but those things elevate you to be like, you're in it together. I love that. Cause like, I'm your biggest cheerleader. And when you're down, I'm going to be right here to catch you when you fall and, you know, back to back and you're going to catch me when I fall. But I also think when you say, when you are quick to take that thought captive, like, oh, he left his, his socks out and now the, the, the dirty dishes, but he did that because he was running off to go to the game with the kids. And so you can be quick to stop that thought of all the things he did wrong because he was wanting to be there for their game and to please them. And then you start to try to, in your mind, practically speaking, listeners, find all the things that they're doing right. And you will, and it was just yesterday, just yesterday, one of my daughters was saying, she's 12, almost 13. And she was like, I'm not, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. And I'm like, this is driving me nuts. And she's typically a pretty positive kid. And she just was in such a negative thing. And I said, I want you to write down 40 things that you're good at. And she was like, what? Like, yeah, I want you to write down 40. Literally within a minute after she finished that, she was like, mom, I'm so sorry for my negative attitude because what we say, what we speak, what we think, even when we don't speak, it affects us. And so we have to start to like, I love that. Like we love men here. You all, we are like the biggest celebrators of men. Marie and I have five brothers. Like we love our husbands. (laughs) We love men. And the world doesn't go around without men and women loving each other. And I think the devil's greatest win today is that he's, he's made us believe that he's not real and active and he is destroying the family unit. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's what keeps, I mean, God gave us the Holy family to show us what we're supposed to model, you know? And so just practically speaking, being able to stop what you are critical, there's going to be times when you're critical, but stop it, take it captive and reroute it to something positive. Like what, what, why did you, and I love to like, even now I'll go back to like the reasons I fell in love with my husband and keep those alive, you know, and Mm. then it only gets better. I think that whenever you have kids, God multiplies your love. Like I remember when our first child was born, looking at Will and thinking, I've never been so in love with you. And it's just expanded since then, you know? So I just love it. I love everything you're saying, but like, speaking, <laughs> so much gold, captive, you know, and, and doing better. Like I might've fallen off the wagon and gone down and gotten into a disagreement yesterday, but how could I do better today? Because we have hope, right? We have hope that we can become better wives, better moms and, and show like we might have a great marriage today, but how, how can we show even more love and a better reflection of Christ's love tomorrow? So oh, all the things, I just love it. <laughs> so good. it's, it's really looking to catch people doing the good. You know, mm-hmm. I love so often we're so quick to catch people messing up or we're so quick to catch and point out the other, but I think there's something so powerful if, if like literally where it's a mission, whether it's your husband, whether it's your boyfriend, whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member, sibling or child, see, you know, be on a mission to catch them doing something good. Speak it. Yeah. And, and to, yeah, speak it, write it down, put it out there. It's, it's so powerful. 
Oh my gosh. So one of the questions we always love to ask our guests at the, towards the end there is what advice would you offer to our guests for, I'm sorry, to our listeners to water their own grass? What are you doing in your own life and what would you recommend to them? I would say my biggest piece of advice is soil response to seeds, not wishes. So Mm. we have things that we want to do and we just don't take action. We don't plant the seed. We talk about it. We think about it. We get wise counsel on it, but it's actually in the doing that allows it to happen. And um, this is kind of cheesy because I say soil responds to seed, but um, failure really is fertilizer for that ground. And so when we are taking action, when we're thinking about it, nothing's happening, but when we're taking action, whether it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, we learn, right? So if it's a failure that fertilizes the ground of the seed of whatever you're wanting to do. And so I would say this week, um, take action. I'm taking action. I have a sheet here of however many words I've got to get 5,000 words written this week, good or bad. I'm writing them. But if I just wait for the good words, I'll never write. And so I've got to write and believe that God's coming and helping move this pen alongside of me. And so I would offer to anybody listening, just take action, take action on your dreams this week and don't think about it anymore. Just start doing. So good. Oh, so what are you going to do to take action in your life this week? Right. Wherever you are in that season. And if you're home with lots of little babies, we've been there and just knowing that taking good care of those babies today is the action you're supposed to take. And if you're in another season of being able to grow your dreams, your own personal goals, um, that, that looks different, right? So wherever you are taking action, that dream, I love it. And I love that you talked about the seasons because that's such, um, I think that we can be, I know for me, I was frustrated in the season of having three babies in one year and being like, I can't do anything, but I'm looking back advice I would give is if I could appreciate like these babies, they soak up everything. And now with my sixth baby, who's two, I literally just stare at him. And I'm like, you're like a sponge and it's just fascinating, you know? And I think we miss out on it whenever we're wishing what we could, like I could be working on my dreams, but no, in that season, God just wants us to take care of, of these little people. Right. So gosh, thank you so much, Sarah. You have brought us so much wisdom. I've learned so much. I've taken so many notes that I was typing on. (laughs) It's just so good. We can't thank you enough for just your yes, for what all you're doing. I can't wait to read your books. Yes. And um, we'll link all that in the show notes, but we just are so grateful for you and your mission and what you're doing and for just being here to share with our listeners and blessing them with their lives. So, well, thank you for what you guys are doing and just continuing to find the good in the world and sharing it because it's important. Well, thank you, Sarah. You were such a gem those eight years ago and you just continue to be that shining light and just such a beauty. So can't wait to grab a coffee when I'm down in Belling Green. I'm not far away. I like it. It's all good. So we will... We thank you and we'll see y'all next week on Girl Water Your Grass. Bye.